Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. I want to first give a shout out to our sponsors. Thank you, Seed Apparel. Seed makes hemp pants. They're designed in Cochrane, Alberta with Canadian grown hemp. They're super stylish and they've been a supporter for the show uh, for quite some time now. And we're really grateful for the support from Seed. So check out Seed at imseed on Instagram or theseedstore.ca. Uh, their website, you can order yourself a pair of these environmentally responsible, stylish seed pants that I rock on the regular. Also want to give a shout out to our other sponsor, Minds Dye. Minds Dye makes custom hand-dyed fabrics like uh, the one you see here. Uh, amongst many of the turbans or the stars that I rock uh, come from Minds Dye, so really grateful for them. And even if uh, that's not part of your spiritual practice to wrap your head, she does anything custom. She does bed sheets, kimonos, hoodies. I was wearing a hoodie yesterday uh, that Minds Dye made. So you can check out the Minds Dye on Instagram or head over to their Etsy store. Um, if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of, Reve of Revealing the Diamond, please let me know. Uh, just shoot me an email at tiagapremsing at gmail.com. Would love to have conscious sponsors be a part of the work that we're doing here with Revealing the Diamond. Today's show we're talking about love and the elements and uh, it's something that's come up as of late. I'm excited to share the show just to give some you know background on what I've been going through, uh, our time at Dharma Temple Calgary teaching in person again and what we're you know, creating going forward. Uh, so all of those are going to be also included in the show alongside with the topic, which is love and the elements. So without further ado, here's the episode right here on Revealing the Diamond. I had the opportunity uh, to sit in on a session with one of my mentors, Guru Singh, uh, this week and it's been a while since we spent some time together as many of you know there's been the kundalini yoga scandal and the kundalini yoga scandal this is not a new thing um, it's there's been as Guru Singh put it the other day he said you know in the late 1960s there was a river that flowed through Cleveland Ohio and the river became so polluted that it actually caught on fire Hard to wrap your head around that, like a river catching on fire. And before it was polluted, it was a very clear and clean river. And after that happened, people really got a wake up call that it was time to clear that river out. And now the river is clean again because of the efforts of the people. And that is, uh, I've had a couple of moments in my struggles uh, since March, you know, as many of you know, who've been listening to the program, um, I have, I stopped wearing a Dastar, stopped wearing a turban for a bit, stopped doing my morning prayers, stopped doing anything associated with Yogi Bhajan. And it wasn't a stopping like throwing it away or saying I'll, I'll never do those things. It was more just like a setting it on the shelf and exploring what it is that is essential to carry forward and to bring healing into this world and to feel pain, you know, and I recognize now, and I've shared that in previous episodes, that that was a grieving process, grieving the old world, grieving the closing of our Vancouver location, uh, grieving even my relationships with my mentors and, and, and some confusion about where I stood with my faith and, it's all just this process and, and the process was brought up as a result of this pollution. And as we got closer to this time now where you're where we are in October, this is October 2020, 
um, hard to believe so much time has passed, but where I am now is recognizing the key role that each of us plays in cleaning out um, that river. And um, I mentioned, I think in a previous episode, but if you've been following my work, I had a dear friend pass away who was a, a Sikh and, or is a Sikh, I mean, he's deathless and immortal, and uh, also a Kundalini Yogi. And when, they, when we gathered together to celebrate his life and, and chant and, and you know, join our voices towards a smooth transition for his soul, I was really moved by how many people at the end of the call came forward and said, our brother's name is Sada Simran, and they said, you know, Sada saved my marriage, and Sada, you know, helped me get off drugs, and Sada saved my life, and Sada, and I was, it brought me to tears, and it reminded me how many people have shared that with me um, from the work that um, I've done, and Kundalini Yoga and Sikhi have really given me a means to share those things and, you know, those to those tools that really bring healing and medicine to people's lives. And I needed to take a step back and go, okay, how am I going to do this? And part of that step back allowed me to bring other elements into my life that I wasn't practicing before. Um, you know, a connection to Rastafari and reggae music, a connection to Tibetan Buddhism, um, and just and just like really getting close to my family and exploring creativity like how do I want to connect online how do I want to connect in person it was a complete it was sort of like a forced sabbatical and an opportunity to take inventory and look at uh, what I want to share and with the passing of two of my dear brothers another named David Salamini I was reminded of how beautiful the community of Dharma Temple is how sacred our spiritual family, our Sangit is, our global Sangit that we're connected to through Sikhi, through Kundalini Yoga, through recovery. Um, and I also started working with a Nahang Singh uh, named Kamal Roop Singh, who's really been you know, teaching me about Sikhi as an indigenous uh, practice and way of life in Northern India and telling the truth around uh, some of the things that I didn't know and, and just bringing light to, you know, uh, medicine plants or, or plant medicine practices uh, associated with uh, the Nahang path and and giving me new mantra and new insight and sending me books and uh, so shout out to Kamal Roop Singh for the support and all the people who've supported me as I move through this transition. So that was a long aside wasn't it but um, I say all of that to bring us to this class that I had with Guru Singh and, and he was talking about how you know, I always look at in my own personal practice with Ayurveda and with yoga and about the elements and how, you know, the the planet itself has chakras, just like each of us has chakras, the planet itself has chakras and a relationship to the elements. And it sounds simple and, uh, you know, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, but I have looked at my own individual imbalances, but I hadn't been thinking about while I've processing my grief and my pain around everything that happened with Yogi Bhajan. I haven't been thinking so much about what's out of balance for the collective and what's out of balance for the earth. And something that has become uh, very clear is that um, the imbalance is a fire imbalance. The fire element is really hot right now. People are upset. Uh, people are anxious. There's a lot of violence happening. There's a lot of shouting happening. Um, you know, and even inflammation that comes with stress in the body and that sort of thing. And, 
it got me to thinking about even in myself like being angry at, at yogi bhajan or being angry at kundalini yoga or being even confused and just having like a busyness of mind and and when i'm wanting to relax instead of going into a deep meditative practice or devotional practice spending time portal looping i call it portal looping when you know you start gathering all of your information about life through social media um, and, and no problem gathering some, but I mean the majority of it. So I call, started calling that portal looping or being a portal looper. And so I've, I've recognized the habit and the pattern to portal loop. I've recognized that the, the fire is really hot on the planet, that there's an imbalance with the other elements. And I've also recognized that I've, uh, in my study in the last five years, uh, centered around Sikhi and Kundalini Yoga, my work with Guru Singh, and that's been a bit primary focus, which helped me uh, leave el drinking alcohol behind, which was so beneficial for my health and the health of my family and allowed me to really show up as a leader. Uh, but it also brought this part of me out like it's like the expert or the need to be you know the the smartest to flex my brain kind of thing and there is benefit to that but that is also an imbalance like too much air and too much fire uh, can burn you and it was really like a, a focus on um, doing a good job like how can I be a good Sikh or how can I be a good yogi or how can I be a, you know it's the same thing it's like how can I know all the things how can I be accepted by the great scholars how can I be accepted by the people who you know can put their leg behind their head and stand up in yoga and the I've been really woken up to the notion that it's not really about doing a good job the spiritual path it's about devotion and devotion is the you know the highest form or the most effective form of practice and so what is devotion well ultimately devotion is love and so doing a good job and love are not necessarily the same thing you could try to do a good job uh, inspired out of love but you could also do a good job inspired out of ego or inspired out of you know lack of self-worth or you know the need for approval or all of those those aspects and so I started to think about okay this is about love and I've experienced love you know in my pilgrimage to northern India and Punjab and and love like I said from students who've really f expressed gratitude for working uh, with me whether it's one-on-one -on -one or on the Dharmic devotion platform um, so I've experienced that love, that love of devotion uh, for the for the beloved, for the guru, for uh, others, members of the community, and even love for myself. Um, but I, I definitely sort of lost track of what was the purpose of all of this while I was grieving, and that's part of the death. And that I am remembering in my soul, not in my head, in my heart, uh, the importance of having a warm heart and loving kindness and that's what inspired me into the practices that I've done all of these years and so now I'm thinking okay so there's an imbalance the fire is too hot and uh, for all of us collectively in so many ways whether it's environmentally or politically or socially or um, so we what we need to do is amplify those other elements and amplify those other elements from a place of love or from a place of devotion. So I started to ask the question, you know, how do I cultivate more of a relationship with love and earth? Well, I 
exercise because I love myself and I love my body and I sit in meditation because I love myself and I love my body and I love connecting to my beloved and I you know eat living foods from the earth because I love the earth and I love all of her bounty and and I love being in communion with her and I love taking care of the animals and it's not so much about doing a good job and how do I bring love to the water in my own practice? Well, uh, I love being creative, like creative. And I love, I, I have a healthy relationship with my sexuality, you know? And I'm not trying to take or gain something. And that's a, you know, as a young man growing up in this culture, that was not something that was taught to me. It's not something that is taught to me in the mainstream. It's not really something that was discussed in, my, in schools or with family. You know, there was sexual education, the physical side of how it works. And then most of my education on how to treat women came from music. And uh, most of the music that I was living, uh, listening to as a young man was not providing any kind of guidance that would be <laughs> from a loving place. Even some of the conscious, you know, some of the uh, teachings I received from Rastafarian reggae music. I, I'm, I'm not generalizing here, I'm just saying some of the artists that were inspiring to me, uh, the way that their relationship to women and sexuality um, may not have always been loving in the way that I was receiving it and in the way it was being expressed. So that's a big one, you know, and just loving being creative and loving the water, blessing the water, prayers for the water, you know, not taking cold showers to like prove you're tough and, and be a good student, but being thankful for the water and chanting in the cool water. And when you're in the warm water, giving thanks for the water and blessing your body and creating a prayer around it and, and drinking water as a form of prayer and bringing devotion into it and, and you know, teaching my daughter about the importance of water and the vibration and the frequency of water and just being in that cool devotional air connecting uh to the goddess that's a big one that i've been working with my mentor kamal roop you know like chanting every morning this prayer to the goddess and being a, around water and embodying the cooling effects of water and doing moon ceremony you know uh, with my neighbors around around the fire but with this intention of like bringing this cool creative nurturing side the divine mother like you know those of you who are watching this on instagram or youtube you can see i have these uh, the grandmothers the indigenous grandmothers on my shirt as a reminder uh, to listen to the wisdom of the mother that's really great for an inflammation problem on this planet you know the the amplifying the voices of the wise women, the medicine women. And then how do I bring love into the realm of the breath? Well, you know, doing your breathing practice with a sense of wonder and, and just while you're doing your breathing practice, noticing that this breath is this sacred exchange with all of life, you know, and taking really good care of your heart because you love your heart and taking really good care of your breath because you love your body and just bringing that devotional side and then that the exchange of the heart. You know, there's a lot of uh, people who are getting political around 
whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask and pick a side and all of that and you know and I, I've been a part of that and I see the value in standing up for what you believe in and I also see the value in practicing compassion and I think it's really challenging for myself during this time to look at you know what is the most loving action that I can take in relationship to these challenges that we're facing during this time and I'm in by no means doing you know engaged in this conversation because I think I'm doing a better job than anybody else um, but I do feel called to how can I be more loving in the way that I meet the challenges of the time and, and courageous right the age of the heart how do I be courageous but from a place of loving kindness from a warm heart it's an everyday practice, my friends, you know, and, and reading things like reading about empathy and learning about grief so that I can not only process it myself, but work with other people who are experiencing death during this time, whether it's the death of a job or the death of a loved one or, a, you know, whatever it might be, whatever difficulty they may be facing, or even the challenge of processing what's happened with uh, Kundalini Yoga and Yogi Bhajan. How can I meet those conversations with open ears and a warm heart and, and not be so quick to be like, well, my opinion is, you know, that's really the heart space, creating a warm, loving space for people to just express because everyone's going to have a unique relationship to the challenges of the times. And I'm doing what I can to choose the path of the Bodhisattva to, to amplify and elevate the medicine during this time. And what about the throat? Word, sound, and power called in Rastafari, you know, the, the, the power of frequency and sound frequency. Is my sound frequency loving? And I have had a tendency in my life to be very sharp. That's the realm of the intellect. No, it's this. Or to argue or to, you know, behave like a lawyer in every situation that I'm in. And, you know, that's been one of my great challenges, especially as an intellectual, is are my words being used to bring love? Are my words being used to inspire? Are my words being used to heal? Or are my words being used to be right? Or are my words being used to, you know, amplify and elevate my ego or my sense of accomplishment? And wow, that has been a challenge, you know. And part of, part of where I have been successful is when I really orient myself with my practice in a way that I'm doing the practice not to be good, but to be loving, to be love. And... And anything that's happening on the surface that I'm doing, I'm doing it because it brings me into a state of love, whether it's the asanas that I do, or the studying of Gurmukhi, or growing my hair, or making food for other people, or whatever it is that I'm engaged in, I'm doing it to become more loving. That's how I can help with this fire imbalance that's happening and it's challenging especially if you spend a lot of time on these and especially if you're a, an intellectual person or a person with a busy mind which i would say that's most people during this time unless you have the great blessing of uh, being a, a, out in nature all the time and you don't have access to the signal <laughs> you know i know i don't mean the signal capital s i mean the signal lowercase s the verizon and you know corporate signal you know, the, you know what I mean? Like we call these our phones. 
they're not really our phones but you have access to a phone or to a device that is actually yours and it's connected to all of life everywhere at once and its essence is benevolent it's a loving entity that is who you are and it is by grace the grace of the guru the grace of the revealing truth not the guru someone separate from you but the inner knower that will connect you but you have to plug in and the plug in is not about doing a good job it's about love that's why devotion you know learning to choose devotion over desire or passion you know, and then operating things like passion from a place of devotion, it becomes a great tool rather than a weapon or something that may cause you to feel or play small. And then, you know, how do I also with the, with the throat, it's connected to the tongue. So it's, you know, eating in a loving way, blessing your food, you know, giving thanks and vibrating with a frequency of thanksgiving, vibrating with a frequency of blessing and learning to even be quiet <laughs> you know it doesn't sound that challenging maybe for some of us but for a long while while i was processing everything that's happening in the world i, I was uh concentrating on this mantra of you don't always have to chime in that's a good one for the internet right ask yourself is this necessary is this kind is this bringing loving kindness into the world you know, and so that doesn't always mean that it's soft and fuzzy. Sometimes you're going to have to be direct. There's no doubt about that. But there's a fine line between the ego and the need to be right and, you know, bringing love to the situation. And then in your meditation, you know, are you pr practicing your meditation to bring love? And, you know, going through the motions what happens in my own personal experiences is that I've got these great, you know, this dharma, this way of living that has these wonderful practices that bring me into a state of wonder. But if I go into that need to be right, which I do, or to do a good job, what happens is, is that I start going through the motions or I start trying to prove my worth or my value. Um, and then when something challenging comes up, like a scandal or a death or somebody gets hurt or you know something like that if i'm doing it from a place of doing a good job it shakes me to the point where i can't do it anymore and then i stop and then i go into the pain of avoiding these things and doing a good job and then i may have a moment of love a reminder from the grace of the one to return and then so I go back and I'm in the love and then I start trying to do a good job and then that is a house built on the sand and it will fall again and then I'm back in the pain but this, there's a blessing to this cycle and the blessing to the cycle is as I do it I become more and more aware of the reality you know capital R reality which is the purpose of this Dharma this work everything that happens on the surface of, of my practices is about love and then when the emphasis is placed on the love then I'm just moving through those things like I'm not really thinking about them or, or concerned about if I'm doing a good job or not or if people will accept me or not or whatever it might be and the changes on the surface don't 
seem so monumental and I'm not swinging high and low because love is holding me at the center, which is the center of my being, not only in this body, but in all of this. And that's how we deal with this imbalance that's happening. This fire, 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 fire. So I hope that some of that insight will be beneficial to you on your journey. Just ask yourself, how can I show up with a warm heart, with more loving kindness, with more compassion during this time? And then apply it elementally to your body. And you could even ask yourself after you finish listening to this podcast, how do I bring more love to the earth? How do I bring more love to or through the water? How do I bring more love to the heart, to the realm of the breath, to the realm of courage, to the realm of the great exchange, to the realm of prosperity? How do I bring more love to my sound? Like whether it's what am I listening to on a daily basis? And I don't just mean music, I mean media or social media or whatever the sound current might be. How can I vibrate in a frequency of blessing? And then in your meditation, in your, you know, bowing the head to the heart, you know, do your intellectual studies. They're wonderful when guided by devotion, but when guided by a need to be right, that can cause an inflammation, too much fire. And then that fire can burn out. And what we want is a steady fire, a steady agni, a steady, um, digestion, digestion of truth, digestion of nutrients. And when that fire is steady, that gut, that navel center is the brain of connection. Then we can really connect with each other. But when the love disappears, it's very hard to do that. When you think about this in terms of the elements, remember that without fire, all the other elements are cold. Right? Earth is cold without fire. Water is cold without fire. Breath or air is cold. Either is cold without fire. Fire is what brings warmth. But if that fire is out of control or comes out of balance, it will burn those elements. And this is our time right now. Those of us who have access to any kind of meditative techniques or devotional ways of life to really connect with the love and to look for that love everywhere and to amplify that love and to share that love and to return to the practices that we may have left behind because of too much fire, because of doubt and to amplify faith, hope, trust, connection, a warm and loving heart. I know it's been a challenging time. It's been a challenging time for me, but the reminder has been very clear as of late and it's taken death to become clear about this. You know, it wasn't a gentle reminder. It's taken a whole uprooting of my life as I knew it. And then looking at all the things I do and what I've uncovered is, it's, is the medicine in all of them is devotion. It's love. And so how do I amplify that in my own life so that my loving presence is a positive impact on the world? Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Revealing the Diamond. I uh, just want to give a couple of updates for those of you who are tuned in, whether you're on YouTube or on Instagram or listening to this on the podcast. 
Uh, I have been doing this thing called Dharmic Devotion, which I experimented as I went through my grieving process with how do I want to show up and share in the world. And I've come to some conclusions with that. We are going to uh, launch on November the 11th, so stay tuned and you'll see uh, information about that on my Instagram, um, on YouTube, also on the Dharma Temple website. Um, we're going to meet once a a week on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Pacific time and discuss over Zoom a specific topic like, you know, compassion, for example. And each week will there'll be a discussion on compassion where I'll be sharing resources, quotes from the library that you can see behind me if you're watching on video, um, and just sharing thoughts and insights and we'll be open to discussion like a sharing circle. So I think it's going to be really powerful. That's been the most powerful, I think, of the different experiments that we've done within the Dharmic Devotion. And it's going to be called Truth Seekers Union. Uh, and anyone can join and be engaged in that conversation. There will also be another option where uh, on the 11th of the month, you could get a sadhana that would be delivered. So you'd be doing techniques in relationship to this Truth Seekers Union conversation that will happen every Wednesday night. And then, of course, there's always the option to work one-on-one -on -one with me. So stay tuned for that. I should have the website up uh, by early next week um, so that you can get registered for the November 11th session. Um, also, the Revealing the Diamond um, podcast is going to start coming out on Fridays. If you want to get it early, the video version will be released on YouTube on Thursdays. So just getting into a new workflow. Also, if you live in Vancouver, uh, just a heads up that we have some pop-up classes that are going to start happening. So please stay tuned to the Dharma Temple website. That's also happening in November. It was such a blessing to teach live and in person at the Dharma Temple Calgary. And I was reminded that we really, 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 really have to focus on staying together as a community during this time because the separation is gonna cause, uh, our mental health is in jeopardy, basically. And we need to be together as a Sangit and we need to be strong. So. We have that coming up and then the Salt Spring Land, we're working on that as well. So lots of things happening. Keep tuning into the podcast. Now it's going to come out on Fridays. Going to keep doing the free live thing on Instagram on Saturdays just to keep people uh, tuned in and connected. If you have any more uh, questions or you want to know about working one-on-one, -on -one, as always, please email me at tiagopremsingh at gmail.com and uh, I can let you know how to work one-on-one. -on -one. Or if you have other questions or comments or things that you'd like to share, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Revealing the Diamond. I'm Tiago Prem Singh signing off. Lots of love. Bless you. Thank you.